she'll bite your penis off. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to BitFace. To my left, as always, sleazy MFE, Eric Hollis. And Thank to you my, for my right, name. And to my right, Tanner, a.k.a. Shiftzilla. Welcome to BitFaced again. We're here to talk to you about the upcoming Fireside coming up in a day. So if you're not ready, chat with me or Tanner. We're ready to prepare you. Is the upcoming Fireside coming up? It's coming up. And, uh, and also, Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about this date? No, I already, I already did. Uh, online dating, it's terrible. Uh, no, that's all. I, I, I already told you about it. I just told you about it. <laughs> it was before the episode, but maybe that's our cold opener, so... Maybe, maybe it is. Why don't you talk about your, your event coming up? All right, so coming up, as everyone knows, BitFace has been hosting some events, and we want to see you there. We have a fireside event, June 9th, and uh, I won the last one, but to be fair, I was not playing. Brag, brag, brag. That's all he's done tonight since you've been over here, Tanner, is just talk a bunch of shit about how awesome he is. That's (laughs) right. Like, goddamn, are you putting your fucking resume out for everybody to read, Tyler? Hey, everybody, if you need to learn to play, come see me. (laughs) (laughs) So is that the kind of thing, uh, I know you're not playing... This coming up tournament, which is probably it's going to make a lot of people very happy. Again, you have never taken home any of the prizes. In fact, you've paid for half of or more of the prizes that we've we've given out. And we do sponsor it as our podcast, and we have no problem doing that for you guys. But you're not playing this time. You and Tanner are actually going to be doing a live commentary on Twitch during the event. Correct? Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to stream on our Bitface games, uh, as you guys know. Our official BitFace streamer is Zachary Toma, and he streams under BitFace Games. And we're going to take that over for the night. And Tanner and I are going to talk to you about the matches going on. We're going to pick probably a random match every round, and we're going to commentate on the two deck choices and kind of the the hand choices. We'll we'll probably each have a laptop or device so we can talk about both sides of it. Uh, It'll be a lot of fun. What do you think, Tanner? I think it's going to be great. I mean, honestly, to be able to sit down and, and see, you know, what people are running and what they're choosing to do versus what we would have chosen to do is going to be huge. And I think, again, that goes more into the depth of, you know, being able to basically mentor people and, and teach them how to play this game to an extent that's a lot farther than just ranking up in ladder. There's a lot more to Hearthstone than that. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun to actually see it and, and be a part of something like that. Well, and that's what we want to do. Anyone who comes out of any skill level and they want to come and play competitively, even if you don't have three decks, at least come and sit down with maybe Tanner and I while we're commentating, and we'll coach you through uh, what people are playing and what you should play against them and kind of what's going on throughout the night. And we would love to just talk to you about her soon. It makes no difference to us whether we're playing or not. It's all about making you competitive and making sure you can play with the rest of us. So, here's a question for you, Tyler. What's your view on Hearthbone? Do you use it? I don't use, Hearth- I don't use Hearthbone at all, actually. Um, I feel like it's really lackluster as far as the people who rate kind of the decks that are going viral or not. There's a lot of, I mean, 80% face shaman. Yeah. I don't, come on. That's, it gets a lot of rankings because it has a high percentage win rate in the name, and that's it. And so what I use, I use competitive HS. It's a Reddit subform. And so you go to Reddit slash R slash competitive HS. And the only people who can post in this are people who have hit legend. And it's very beneficial. Everyone who writes in there has to write a thorough guide with mulligan choices and everything. It's, it's the way good. to go if you want to learn. That's really good. Because, you know, I, that's where, when I first started to want to play competitively, I used her. That was my go-to website, 
But lately, I've just kind of seen it as garbage. I mean, you don't really pick up anything off of looking at it. I mean, you might get a deck list, but that deck list is tampered with and probably far from what the original was, which is going to play different. And the way that the explanations are put out, it's just, it's not, I don't think it's very beneficial to anybody. So I was curious what you used for something, something like that, for picking out new decks and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you if you check out this podcast and you want to go somewhere, check out Reddit slash R slash Competitive HS. It's really the place to go. Um, or honestly, go to twitch.tv slash uh, I forget the full thing. It's Heroes of World Heroes of Warcraft fucking. But you know what? Heroes of Warcraft fucking. <laughs> don't go. Don't go there. <laughs> Heroes of Warcraft fucking. It's a porn site. It's pretty good. Anyways, check out her soon on Twitch TV. Watch a lot of the, even a lot of the main streamers on there. They're not very good, but they're all playing at a legend level, and you can see what kind of decks are competitive. Uh, but take into consideration that a lot of the people playing at legend play a lot of decks that are different than what you should ladder with. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that a lot of people like when they go for a legend deck. They're looking at something that got somebody from, let's just say, rank five to legend. Now, that's completely different than going from rank 20 to 10. You need, you know, it's... Ladder is a brutal, brutal climb. And you have to not just copy a deck that's built for the final push to even get that far. I agree. I mean, you're looking for something that has high win ratios, so you can potentially get some bonus stars, at least until rank 5, but... Even then, you're looking for something to counter what you're playing against. And, I mean, that can vary per time of day. Uh, if you play from 4 to 5, or if you play from 7 to 12, there's different decks that are on ladder. Yep, definitely. The time zones definitely bring in a different crowd of people. I mean, if you're playing midday, chances are pretty high you're playing against, you know, some crazy adults who just are going to shut you down because they understand the game versus play three, four o'clock, all the kids get out of school and there's nothing to it. But So you guys trolling for, for young kids to, to take their cards away from them? <laughs> you know, fortunately, Eric, we, we don't take cards away from anyone if we win or lose. Um, but yeah, I mean... Did it used to work like that? When How did, how did magic and all of that shit work? Because you guys know, well, both of you know, I don't know anything about any of this shit. So, I mean, I've played competitive card games for a lot, and outside of league or outside of even tournament play, you could play four cards. You could bet certain cards. But it wasn't very common because, honestly, a lot of people don't like losing their cards. Um, it's expensive. It is. Uh, if you're buying packs for these cards, realistically, I mean, on Hearthstone alone, I think I've spent $200. That's, That's a pretty it. expensive game. Wow, I don't even want to go into what I've spent. Dude, I had an addiction with golden cards. If it was golden, I just had to have it. Like, I, I wanted golden Dr. Boom, and I wanted golden Alex Straza, and all of this was... Is it all aesthetic? It is. So, a golden... Wow, and what did that... You don't have to tell me, but what did that cost you? Uh, let's just say I could have bought a shitty Honda, probably, for what I dumped into Hearthstone. Or, Jesus, like a PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. You know there's other games out um, there. I could have bought both Xbox One and a PlayStation with what I Because you mainly play PC, correct? Right. Is that what you're playing Souls on? Yeah, well, no. I play Souls on my Xbox One. So you do I have play a console. A couple That's other games, yeah. But mostly everything I do is through my computer for Blizzard. So, You know, speaking about that, let's transition for a minute. I know Eric plays Souls on the Xbox One. And you said you don't have a lot of time, but if you want someone to pick you up and kind of carry you through a couple bosses, Eric might be the, the person to go to. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty decent Dark Souls player. My friends are obviously better than me. That's the case with, with every game. Yeah, if you do need a summon anywhere in Dark Souls 3, I got you back. Appreciate it, man. I've got two characters, too. I've got a lower-level Pyro, and I've got a higher-level uh, Sorcerer. Well... To be completely honest with you, I beat the intro boss and haven't picked it back up. And it's not because it's bad. It's great. The graphics are even good. But I'm just busy. Let me give you, since we're talking about Souls here, let me give you and I guess the listeners a little tip here. 
right where you just got done with. You're about to go up to uh, Firelink Shrine. To the left, there's a guy that's really hard to beat, but you can beat him. You can do it. And when you do defeat him, he drops a Uchigatana sword. I use the sword the entire game. Really? Wow. Just a, just a little tip. Now, you guys don't have to play that way, and I'm playing completely different with my Pyromancer, but that sword was a... Uh, you can start leveling up as soon as you get Titanite shards. That sword was a godsend for some of those early bosses because you can't play all magic in this one at all. You have to have some sort of a melee build, very similar to Dark Souls 2. If you don't, there's some bosses you can't beat. There's bosses you can't lock onto with magic. Well, Eric, tell me if I'm wrong, but as far as I remember... You are. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. As far as I remember, at least in the Prepare to Die edition of Dark Souls 1, in the very beginning, when you shoot off the dragon's tail, you get a sword that has over 200 attack. You do. The Drake Sword. The Drake Sword. And that's, I mean, that's enough to carry you through most of the game, at least. So it's kind of similar to what you were telling me about with this Uchigatana. It, it, it kind of is. It's a much easier, the Uchigatana is way easier to get than the Drake Sword. And I've played through Dark Souls 1 four times. I've never used the Drake Sword, ever. I've gotten it, but I've never used it. So it's just a weapon to help you. Now, some people don't like the, the fight style of the Uchigatana, I, being a mage and someone that wears cloth, or a little bit of male, but not full male, I have to be able to move quickly. I need a sword that I can hit the enemy with faster than they can hit me. Right, so you're really big on dodges or parries, and if you can do that, then you just want to strike back and then hit them with some magic while they run away, because fuck it. I mean, you've already taken out more than half their health. Exactly. And you have to have... I know a lot of people that don't play with a shield. I think you have to have a shield. A lot of people took the Bloodborne playstyle because there's no shield in Bloodborne. So it really made you... There was a lot of dodge and counter and using your firearm in Bloodborne. A lot of people still play that style in Souls 3. I think you can do that. I just... Some of those bosses, a shield, you have to have it. Well, even then, when you're playing PvP, you can't counter the same way you did in Bloodborne. You countered with a gun. And if you don't have a shield, you can't counter in this game. Am I wrong? Correct. Well, you can... Uh, I think you can with different weapon styles. There's so much variety in the weapons. I haven't had a chance to get even close to playing with all of them. I still haven't found every spell. And I've probably put, I don't know, realistically, 95, 100 hours into Souls 3 wow. on my, my first playthrough. If you didn't know Tanner, that's probably my favorite game series ever. That and Grand Theft Auto were probably tied. GTA is my favorite, dude. We're going to have to play that. If you play it for the one, we are going to have to play that. I just deleted it from my hard drive. I would be more than happy to go in there and put the disc in and install it if you want to play it. My biggest problem with it is I never had enough people to play with. Or we'd be at the end of a job that took an hour to do and someone would bail and we'd, we'd lose everything. Yeah, and It just no, made me very mad. Out, yeah. Yeah, no payout, nothing for my nothing for my time. And I think we talked about this a little last week. I love the single player game. I was very disappointed that the online didn't meet up to what I thought Rockstar could do with it. You know, and I feel you on that because as I started playing online, like I had so many hoops for it. Playing a lot of MMOs in my day, like I wasted hundreds or thousands of hours on World of Warcraft, you know, any of the MMOs. And the point is I kind of expected GTA Online to stack up to that. And it really didn't. Um, They didn't even have heists when you first started GTA Online. And that was kind of disappointing to me. But I've heard they're releasing a big patch. And granted, it's many years later. But hopefully GTA Online will one day actually be a thing. I think we're getting new single-player stuff is the word on the street. Really? Hmm. There was some leaked images this week of a playable version of Liberty City. Oh, really? Wow. So, we'll see. Again, and I've said this on the podcast before, half of the shit I hear ends up being true, the other half of it never ends up coming to fruition. So, I hope this is a rumor that does. And it makes sense. Maybe they were working that on on the side when they were doing Red Dead, fingers crossed, next week, two weeks from now at E3, but... We'll see. Yeah, anyway, Grand Theft Auto, yeah, hands down, my favorite uh, my favorite series. That probably tied with Dark Souls. I'd love to play some uh, some GTA with you. It'd be a blast. 
See, the thing with GTA Online is I think that this was a trial thing more than anything for Rockstar. They've they've never they've never expanded on that to, to make a massive online multiplayer and they opened it up with GTA five. And I think that that like you said, Tyler, you expected more of an MMO from that where it was a lot deeper than, you know, seven heists and a certain type of car, you know. But I I think it's a trial. I honestly think that with how successful it was, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought out a GTA that was more so the map is, is like the United States and it kind of pinpoints off your location. And I think that's something that we'd probably see. I don't, I don't think that we'll see a, a, a big increase for GTA five. I think they're already on to the next thing. You know, I think that's a really cool idea. First off, they have seven heists in GTA online. Something like that. It's not very many, seven or eight. They literally had none for the first year that I played, so I stopped. And the fact that they even put in seven is kind of impressive to me. But they have a new patch coming out every every month or so. They do some sort of event, or I remember during uh, Christmas, all the streets were covered with snow and ice, and you couldn't drive the cars worth of shit anywhere. It was great. They do stuff like that. Uh, there's something coming out Tuesday, actually. I'm not saying they haven't supported the game. I'm with Tyler, though. I put Rockstar at a Blizzard level. In fact, to me, Rockstar is my company. I like Blizzard. Actually, I love Blizzard. They're, they're great. But if you ask me who's your favorite gaming company, Rockstar. It's not even close, in my opinion. So, Well, I, they did a lot of new stuff in this GTA V. Like, being able to go into an open world like that and go into first person and steal somebody's car or beat somebody's head in with a bat. I mean, this was something that wasn't even a thing ever until GTA five. Like I think a lot of it was a trial thing. Well, and to be fair, you played GTA five, obviously on the PC port, uh, because they did not have first person in the console edition. Yep. I, I actually bought it for PC first and then they did have, uh, now, be very specific, which you just said, because on my Xbox One, I absolutely can play first person. Well, I think they added it, though, because when, when they released You it, said the console version. I, I will bet you that stake that I already owe you, so I'll double <laughs> up, that that was not until the PC release. He's right. I'm not saying that. You said it's only in the PC version. You're wrong. It was released with the PC version. But not only in the PC version. I did not know that they added it to the console version. But they at least released it with the PC version. Right, which which came out later. So I played it once on the 360, and I played it all again on the one. It's good to know that they released it on the console um, with the first person, because I, I own the game um, on the console, and I don't own it on the PC. And I almost picked it up on the PC so that I could play in that first person mode, because I thought it's it was blast. really cool. It, it changes the whole element of It the changes game. the whole game, uh, which, I mean, it doesn't change the whole game, but it just makes it... I had, a, I had an absolute blast playing with it. It's, the shooting sections alone mm-hmm. are worth having it in, in first person. It really... Not that I don't like the third-person cover shooting mechanics that Grand Theft Auto offers. It just let me play it... It let me play it differently. I didn't mind going through that campaign twice. I think there's a couple things that they should change. And I, like I said, I think that more than more than anything, GTA Five was in trial because, like, when you pull up a gun, you can go into the gun store and you can buy a scope for any gun, but in first person, you don't look down the scope. So that's something that I, you know, it's it's a feature, it's there, but you just can't do it. Like you can do it on a sniper, but like if you were to go buy a scope for your pistol, you don't look down the scope. You just pull up your pistol and it's just there. Right. So. That's actually really interesting to me. I've honestly never played it with the first-person mode, so after this cast, I'm really excited to go try it. You're going to love it. It's fun. You should. I'll be playing Mirror's Edge. Fuck you. I'm going to come steal your eight hours of Mirror's Edge left. Actually, um, I thought you had played today. EA switched it up. I only got six hours. I thought for sure. I was like, well, certainly Tyler took those other four hours, and... More power to him. I'm surprised he didn't mention that to me when I saw him today. Um, but no, only six for Mirzad. <laughs> I mean, I know you were out on the second, and you came home today, uh, and and that's definitely why you thought I played those four hours. But 
No, I had read somewhere that they were doing only six hours, and that's that's why I brought it up. You know why I think that is, though? Maybe the main campaign is short. I can see that. The first Mirror's Edge I beat in about six hours. Um, so if they Wasn't put, there an achievement in the first Mirror's Edge for doing it in, like, four four thirty? There was. It's it's not a long game, but it's still one of my favorites. I would put it in my top ten. I don't know exactly where I would put it, but it's up there. So the fact that you told me earlier today, Mirror's Edge 2, it's good, but it's a lot like the first one. I'm already sold. Let me ask you some questions, though. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, the first game was not open world. No, it's very closed world. You have a track, and you have to make it through it. But there are many ways to make it through it and cut your time in fractions. Okay, well, there's there's a major difference than this is open world. So you have a map, you have side objectives, there are collectibles all over the city to get, uh, which give you XP. You have, I don't remember there being a skill tree in the first Mirror's Edge. You have one of those now. I also don't remember a grappling hook that you could fire to get across stuff quicker. You also have that now. I'm only two hours. I only wasted two hours of the six, Tyler, and I thought that was fair. I don't know how I feel about the grappling hook, because this is a free-running game, but everything else you've described to me... I think you have to have the grappling hook, with, and you're going to see why when you see how the city is laid out, open-world style. I think if you have closed tracks that are meant to go through different ways, yeah, probably don't need it. But some of the building gaps to get across, to get to your next objective, you need that grappling hook. I can see that. And don't get me wrong, like, as Faith, I'm a free runner at heart. So, um, at least in the game, as I said, as Faith. Um, and I'm just going to be free running everything I can. But if there's things that I can only get across with the grappling hook, so be it. Totally cool. As long as it leads me to a new section where I can just free run. I really, I'm curious to see what you think about it. I don't know if I'm going to be buying it, but I definitely want to finish it. I will be buying it the day it comes out. We'll buy it for the one. I've already got a save file. <laughs> no, I'm going to buy it for the PS4 and play it downstairs. No, nothing wrong with that. And then I can uh, I can share in, in that magic too. So To be fair, I think uh, PS4 Gold lets me save my save files on cloud. So I can just transfer it up to your PS4. I am a uh, PlayStation Plus member now, too, much to my chagrin. And they've got a lot of pretty... Their free games are better than Microsoft's. They are. And especially if you have all their old consoles. So I don't know if you've hooked up your PS3 in a while, but you probably should just for the fact that their free games on PS3 are still pretty killer. So, Tanner, I know you're playing a lot of Hearthstone. I know you're playing Overwatch. We can talk about that. Are you playing anything else right now, or is there anything else coming up that you're really excited? What's going to get you off of Hearthstone? Well, I mean, to be completely honest, WoW's been dead to me since Draenor dropped, and I am super, super fucking excited for Legion. I think that... That's the new WoW expansion, correct? Don't those always come out in November? This one's September, isn't it? They're September or November... Uh, I think more often it's been in September, actually. Okay, I just I, I remember November for one year for some reason. I, I think they pushed back uh, Cataclysm That's or it. one of them one month. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if they push push Legion back, but I'm hoping not because literally, like I I played WoW since I was in high school, so giving that up after playing it for so long, I kind of just don't really have interest in very many other games. But uh, I, I'm excited. I think it's going to be great. I think why changes. What's, what are the changes? Why, why should I go back to WoW? I used to play... Now, I dropped out after Lich King. Well... The, I, no, no. What was before that? Uh, let's see. You probably dropped... Burning Crusade. Burning Crusade. I dropped out after Burning Crusade. Well, if you ever raided, you know how shitty it is to get a weapon. You fight, and you fight, and you fight, and you fight, and if you're lucky, if you suck Blizzard's cock, you get one off your extra roll. 
Now you have artifact weapons, which you automatically get as soon as you hit level cap. And you build that up as your weapon of, of choice and what you're going to use throughout the whole expansion. I think that's great. I don't know that I'm okay with that, actually, because, I mean, even in Cataclysm, they brought it to the point where the last boss, Deathwing, he dropped a weapon. And, I mean, I had his legendary, or his epic weapon for every one of my characters. It wasn't hard to get. Well, I raided through Mists of Pandaria in a 10-man group, and I'll tell you, dude, I got duplicates of stuff. Like, literally, I could go through... I had I had a full tanking set for Bear Druid, and I just... I never could get my staff for my Boomkin because I was always fighting a Warlock or a Mage or a Priest. It didn't matter. Mesa Pandaria was garbage in general. Warlords of Draenor picked it up a bit, but I agree. I'm excited for Legion because they're dropping a lot of... I'm excited and not. They're dropping a lot of the complexities of playing a character... They're taking a rogue down from playing, I think I have 34 keybinds on my rogue, and they're dropping down the skills and abilities down to, I think, 18. So, I mean, they're cutting down the complexities of playing a rogue in half. And everyone would always complain, rogues are so OP, rogues are, they just gank me, they're so good, they're so good. Rogues are not good. Unless you know how to play it. They're hard to play. Um, But Legion, so I'm kind of excited about that. They're adding in a new specialization for every character. You get like a gunslinger or something for rogues. So they get a ranged ability. They get new play styles for every character that you're going to try to play. And uh, Tanner uh, Shivzilla was actually my my arena partner for a while. And I think we broke 2,000. Yeah. So we were doing pretty well um, in PvP, and it was a lot of fun. So that's that's what I look forward to. I like to beat people's ass, as we know <laughs> from the last fireside, uh, and I do. You were gracious about it, though. Like I think if you were a pompous, just talking shit to everybody, I think yeah. you you more take the approach like, "Hey, I beat you," and you do this with me too. Hey, I beat you. Let me show you why. And I do, and I. And I want you to be able to beat me because as soon as you can, I'm going to examine how and why for as long as I have to until I can beat you again. And I'm going to push you further so you can beat me again. And other than that, I mean, that's my whole go. That's ugh, That's my whole goal. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you, were a, if you were a cocky asshole to everyone about it, I mean, not only would no one want to play with you, but I, I think the, the learning approach is, uh, I think that's the right way to take it. It helps me, and it helps you. And honestly, I think it's a lot more fun, because like you said, even when I beat you, Eric, I just do it in a sense where the next time you beat me, I want to know why. It, it, it benefits all of us. It was very nice to be able to get Mortal Kombat a couple years ago, and, and, and really actually get to sit down and be like, okay... I know I'm better at this than you are. <laughs> and to be fair, I've picked up Mortal Kombat quite a bit. Like You have. Uh, when I started, I was fairly garbage, to be fair. like I didn't understand the blocking mechanic. I'm not used to not being able to just hit back. Like Why do I have to hit a button? That's absurd to block. Uh, but you know what? It adds something else to learn, and it adds more that I can continue growing upon in a game. And that's... That's why I play things like Hearthstone. That's why I play things like World of Warcraft. That's why I play things like Mortal Kombat. That's, I enjoy all of those games in a competitive aspect because it helps me grow as a gamer. And you guys saw the announcement this week that we are supposedly getting a new Injustice game by second quarter of next year, which makes me very... I really liked Injustice. Yeah, I mean, those are made by the same people who made Mortal Kombat, but it's done in a DC world, so I have no reason to suspect that you would dislike Injustice at all. Loved it. Never played it. Never. Did you get into fighting games at all? I'm terrible at them, but I love them. Nope. Unfortunately, I mean, when I was a little kid, I did, but then as soon as I found out what Diablo 2 was, my life was over. So, You know, that's okay, Tanner, because 
the firesides you come to, at least right now, that we're hosting on Thursdays, you can check out uh, Project Hype. Even just, they set up five to ten machines where you can play publicly and play Super Smash Bros. or Street Fighter or any of the games, and they'll teach you to play. They're not a bad community, and we sit right with them while we play Hearthstone. Yeah, I actually thought about doing that. I was watching when I was competing last week. No, was it the week before? Yeah, two weeks ago. Well, either way, I was watching the dudes next to me play that new Pokemon fighting game, and dude, it actually, I was impressed. They're trying to get a lot more people into Pokemon. It's uh, Pokemon and Tekken. And uh, they want a lot more people to play, so they're actually only charging $1 for the tournament. You can enter a whole tournament for one buck. And, hell, Tanner, if you want, I'll commentate on a couple, and I'll pay your dollar for you to play. Well, right now I'm more worried about... And I have no problem joining him to commentate. Even if I don't know what's going on, I'm, I'm pretty certain I can I can make it happen over the Twitch stream. So. We'll cover you during your matches, man. You should play. No, I'd, I'd rather commentate Hearthstone. All right, man. So that's what we'll do. Uh, in case any of you didn't hear in the first half, and we're still going, we will be streaming on twitch.tv slash bitfacegames, the whole fireside. So check us out and uh, listen to me and Tanner commentate on a few games. If you just started, a.k.a. Scott Berryman, uh, we'll be talking about a lot of the matchups and what you should mulligan against and what the plays are. So check we need us to out. get Scott to come down for uh, for a fireside. We should probably message Scott. I know we're taking this a little bit ahead of time and no one else knows that. And maybe we'll cut this and maybe we won't. But <laughs> we will. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, definitely. We should invite Scott down. And he just started now, and I, I don't think he has a lot of cards. But Scott, come down. Playing the fireside, a lot of people just play for fun, man. And uh, Tanner and I will teach you anything you need to know. I mean, that's what—that's one thing I definitely like about Hearthstone is like you honestly don't have to spend money if you don't want to to have fun and play. Uh, you know, I've I've watched people who literally didn't have anything, and I've been beat by people who never spent a dime on Hearthstone just because they. They know what they're doing. They've played a card game before. They've, you know, they, they're always one step ahead, and that's kind of what you have to do. With that's that. my problem. Is I don't think that I can take the jump into the pool. I think you can because here's the biggest thing: is every three wins they give you gold, and um, you don't have to have that many wins. You start out at rank twenty five, and you get down to rank twenty. You play a lot of garbage people who have no cards in general. So you get a lot of gold there, and then you get one pack every week by playing what they call a tavern brawl, which is really random rules that they throw together. And you can get every card you need playing for free. And it's a lot of fun, Eric. And if you ever want to... It's not the cards that it's... I just... I've never played a competitive card game before. You gotta... When you first start out, you can't think of it as competitive. I mean, honestly, you have to play it for what it is and just learn to enjoy the game. Because if you try to, if you start out with the idea of you're going to be top dog, you're going to hate it. Oh, no. I, I have no delusions of grandeur like that. I know I'm going to suck. I, ju- I don't know if I want to take the time to learn it when, no offense to you guys, you play a lot of Hearthstone when I'm playing a lot of other shit. Good shit, like Game of the Year Uncharted 4. I mean, that's fair. Even if you look at it, Statistics-wise, if you win 60% of your games and you're trying to get to Legend competitively, you're playing over 40 hours in a month in order to hit that rank. And that's the highest rank you can hit is Legend. So, well, I mean, you can push for Legend Rank 1, but you're at least playing 40 hours a month. So that's a part-time job. I mean... Every month, if you want to hit that highest rank. See, I would rather split that 40 hours out between 10 hours of Mirror's Edge, 10 hours of Uncharted, 10 hours of Ratchet and Clank. There's a new golf game that came out uh, Friday that I can't wait to try tonight. I just like... It's nothing against the style of game. It's just not my style of game. It's one of the same reasons I don't sit down. and We're not playing a tabletop game tonight either, guys. We're not rolling dice. I appreciate it. I'm just... That's just not what I do. 
Yeah, no, I mean, speaking about that, I just went to one of Matt's events this last Tuesday, Netrunner, and if you think Hearthstone or Hearthstone is competitive, (laughs) then you should try Netrunner and come out and see Matt on one of these Tuesdays for the league. When does Matt host his events? Every Tuesday. It starts at 6 here at Petri's Games in Colorado Springs. Which is right down in Briargate, right? Yeah, it's Briargate by Gold's Gym. If anyone listens who's in Colorado Springs, you'll know where I'm talking about. Um, I don't know the exact cross street. It's kind of like uh, Rangewood or Lexington and Briargate. Yeah, it's Lexington. Yeah, Lexington. And so the point is, it's Petri's Games. It's their new location. And Netrunner is one of the most complicated technical card games. One person plays as a runner. One player person plays as a corporation and you switch between games and literally every turn you have up to four moves depending on which person you are in the game it's so much fun but my god if you've never played a competitive card game you should start with hearthstone (laughs) well going back to that you know you said you don't want to dedicate a lot of time to it and i do i'm right there with you like, literally, the only time I play is right before Fireside and then in it. And, and that's enough for me. I, you know, I, I'll get my, my rank 20 to get my card back so that I have it. But other than that, I mean, like, I just don't care enough. It, it's something that I would rather do with people in person than do with a bunch of strangers climbing a ladder that means absolutely nothing at the end of the month. See, Tyler cares about the strangers and the ladder. I do, because... There's only 1% of people who play Hearthstone who hit Legend. And to be part of that 1% is pretty big to me. I mean, it means I can say, hey, look, not only did I put enough time into this, but I put enough thought and I've bought enough cards and I understand the mechanics of the game enough that I've been able to climb to 1% of people who play this game. And I don't know about you guys, but... I've never been 1% of almost anything. Yeah, and true. So being 1% of Hearthstone is... It's it's not that it's important to me, but it's something that kind of makes me feel proud to do. Um, whether it's... You know, it's not important. It isn't. I agree with Tanner. I sit down with people when I practice for the firesides, and I way more enjoy just sitting down with people at a coffee shop or at the bar and hanging out and saying, hey, these are the decks I'm playing and this is how I do it, then I do making that 1%. But that 1% makes it really... It's motivation. It's really important to me, I guess. No, I understand that. And you were supposed to be looking for new places to have the fireside today. What did you end up doing? I ended up going to the Manitou Wine Festival. And uh, to be fair, they had a lot of really good wines. I tasted many wines today. I, I can't tell at all, and, and I'm sure our listeners can't either, so you're fine. I think I've done okay so far. I mean, we've made it at least 40 minutes into a podcast, and I've slurred maybe two words. You know, we're doing much better than you did when you tried to do the episode without me, so there's that, right? The episode, the Civil War episode I tried to do without you, well, I tried to do two, to be fair, and one just wasn't up to BitFace standards. I just... It was very combative, and it was my fault. And I you were being combative. I was normally being... that's that's my job. Were you trying to do both jobs? I was trying to. I took over both jobs. I did. Uh, and the the solo, I have twenty minutes, which will probably never see the light of day. I think. Uh, I think if we get to, I don't know, we'll figure out something. But I think we should like that should be like our bit face Christmas present. Uh, we'll we'll release that. And we'll release, we'll do like 30 minutes or 20 minutes of you by yourself, and we'll, we'll finally put Stephanomics out there. You know, we have, to get, we have to get some large amount, because my solo episode, I was very, very drunk. So it's no different than what we're doing right now. No, no, no. You were downstairs, and you don't even remember listening to whatever albums we were listening to downstairs, and we were both very drunk. That was a Wednesday Mexican beer night and uh and i it was fun i did very well for my solo episode 
But honestly... You did way better than I did. Your solo episode was 30 seconds, so I know I did way better than you did. <laughs> if we're if we're in comparisons and you blow your load in 30 seconds and it takes me 20 minutes, then I think I'm gold. Oh, I didn't, I didn't blow my load, and you were just sitting there... Just stroking spaghetti cock. I I didn't blow my load. I walked in. As soon as I saw what I had to do, I was like, nope, and I left. I didn't even try. I don't know how you do it. And I've heard other podcasts where they go solo for an hour. I, I can't. I have to have somebody to play off of. If not, what's the point? Nobody wants to hear me talk to myself. I kind of agree with that. And to the point... Uh, when I was doing my solo episode, if we ever release it, you guys will hear it. I was almost talking to the BitFace audience. I want to hear from everyone else who's listening. And I want to know what you guys are thinking as I'm podcasting. So if we ever do a solo episode, it's more than likely going to be as soon as we get our live stream set up. And you guys are going to be chatting with us right here while we're doing our solo episodes. But to be fair, Eric and I, we really like doing BitFace together. And we're probably just going to do it together. Yeah, we we I guess we've kind of found that uh, it, it works it works better. Uh, not though that uh, Doug does a good job of picking up your slack. Doug does a very good job, and uh, and Doug will be back, of course. But let's go completely different direction, uh, Tanner. I want to talk to you about Overwatch strategies in general. Tell me how who do you like to play with? Who have you been playing with? Well, right now I have two favorites, and I guess it really just depends. Um, I'll I'll play Reinhardt, attack or defend. I don't care. I love him. I think he's just he's one of my mains. Yeah, he's he's super. He's what you would expect from a tank. I mean, especially in a game like that. I mean, the shield it can take some abuse, but even when that shield goes down, to have the kind of damage output that he has is fantastic. Um, and then if if somebody's already tanking and we need something else. I tend to roll with Hanzo. I think that the way he plays is also just very smooth and a lot of fun. I haven't played with him yet, but I am often getting raked by him, so he must be good. Oh, dude. He, I mean, if you can... if you can, The, the way he works is it's kind of like a real bow. Like, the farther out the target is, the arrow starts to drop. And, and your stock reticle gives you your main dot and then two underneath it. So, you, I mean, you can literally headshot somebody from across the map if you know what you're doing. He's just as nasty as Black Widow, if not more, because of his alt. I think that's fair, because have you guys... You mean Widowmaker, right? Or, yeah, Widowmaker, my bad. I was like, holy shit, ScarJo's in the game? <laughs> <laughs> have either of you played any of the Battlefield games? I have not. Battlefield? Yeah. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, so that's the same way that an actual sniper would work, especially in Battlefield. They have drop radicals um, for regular snipers in those games. So if you're, I mean, over 200 feet out, you're going to have to shoot higher above your your target than you are someone who's 10 feet away. A lot of games use the drop mechanic. Uh, sniper Elite does. Metal Gear does. Uh, tons of games use that uh, that same mechanic. And so that's the same way that um, that Hanzo plays, and I found myself really drawn to Hanzo, at least while I played in the open beta, because that's all I've played so far. Tyler, to be fair, though, really likes Asian dudes, so there's there's something there, though. Mm. As long as their cock is below five inches, it's perfect. Well, teach their own, Tyler. It fits in my whole hand. I just... <laughs> yeah. uh, but as far as, you, you know... Um, I haven't played a lot of Overwatch, so I, I can't chip in too much. Uh, but I agree with with what he said about Hanzo, and, and that's my favorite character, so I agree with that. But I find it really interesting that as Tanner talks about his characters that he plays in Overwatch, they're very similar to the characters that he played with me in 2s in World of Warcraft. They pick up the same roles, Paladin. For Reinhardt. I also played Paladin and WoW. Paladin and Mage were my two characters. And very similar to what Tanner played. So And then Hunter. Exactly. So I think they, they fill a lot of those same roles. And it's interesting to see in a first-person shooter competitive mechanic that they have those different, uh, you know, that they have tank and healer 
and DPS that they have those those roles filled. I played with Zenyatta the other night and had my had my best game. No, no, sorry, not Zenyatta. I played with Symmetra. Oh god! And had my best game ever. Thirty-two kills, four deaths. Oh my! Those turrets. If you put those in the right places, are unbelievable. Dude, I, you know, I that's one character I have yet to try, but and her uh, teleporter, it's a it's a game winner. Dude. It, it's completely a game winner. And it when did you win me get back within five seconds of death. I mean, dude, it's over. I liked I, I liked Symmetra a lot, and I ha- I still have not played with everybody. I haven't played with the freeze gun girl. She's gross. May, May. Have not she's good or dude? Oh my god, her alt! Like if, if if she blows her alt and gets the whole team trapped, you can literally as Reinhardt just sweep down their entire team. They're just they're all frozen in a circle. The circle's huge and they just get frozen. I mean, I've seen it where they they get frozen like that, and then you have what the heck is that guy's name with the fire hair? Um, oh, uh, Junkrat. Junkrat. He just launches his bomb in there, blows everybody to bits, dude. I mean, like, it's the I've seen a lot of Junkrat play of the game Yeah, with that that tire power. It's gross. So good. I've seen way too many Reaper ultimate play of the games. It's just... I haven't. Really? I see Junkrat, and I see Hanzo with that fucking dragon bullshit. So good. So good. I want to play with Hanzo only because of how many times I've just been butt-raped by that dragon power. Yeah, I don't even know what he says. And all of a sudden, all you see is just two giant dragons. Where do you go? There's nothing you can do. It's done. It's like a, t- it's a team wipe. It's a reset, really. I mean, it can be if you're in the right area, looking down the right hallway, and you launch it at the right angle. For sure. It goes through walls. Yes, and it does damage over time, though, if you're at the furthest... Like parts of it, it doesn't just straight kill you, right? So you can. I've seen Zenyatta pop his all and literally heal a whole team through it. So there's way there's ways to get around it. If you have a Reinhardt and a Zenyatta, you're you just you need to pick a different character. That's what I like about the game, though. You're allowed to adjust your strategies on the fly. Yep. My number one thing: if I start playing and I die three times in a row and don't kill anybody and don't accomplish anything, I immediately switch characters. Just because, hey, this is not working right now. Go to something else. Or, hey, he's playing with him. I need to counter with this. And that's why I think, and Tyler, you kind of mentioned you didn't think the game was going to have legs. I think that's where the legs of the game are going to be. And I agree, because when I first started playing the game, I almost anticipated that they were going to have you lock into a match as one character. That's what a lot of MOBAs, mobile online battle arenas, do. They have you lock into one character and you play that character for the whole match. But as soon as I learned that you could switch on the fly to counter whatever your opposing team was playing, I was pretty hyped for it. I it adds a whole new level of team strategy to the game. I haven't picked up the game, and I agree. There's still team compositions. If one person doesn't pick up a healer and one person doesn't pick up a tank and you get fucking five Widowmakers... You're going to get wrecked. Yeah, you need to fucking learn to play. But if you get people who understand team composition and they can pick on the fly what counters... And this this leads to my biggest beef about the game is I cannot stand when I have a character picked already and someone else picks them too. Because then I'll switch. Because there's no point of having two of anybody, in my opinion. Well, see, and that's, that's one thing that I find really weird that Blizzard didn't do. Like, why didn't they add that in where they would lock out? Once a character is selected, it can't be picked by another teammate. And that just it kind of blows my mind. Because I guess there's some strategy. I mean, I've been I've played against a team of, uh, of four Churnborns that oh, wreck us. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of maps where it's very enclosed, and there's only one or two entrances, and you have four Churnborns, or whatever his name is. And I you think set Chiarnbjorn, and you set you know turn set every entrance by two of your Chiarnbjorn and you fucking like just people can't come in, and if they do, they get right by your turns. Well, that's that's why they that's why they need to fix this 
because I've gone in where you go up against a team that's got two Bastions, two Torbjorns, and two of whatever, Semestra, you know, what do you, what do you do against everything where they don't even have to be present to kill you? How do you win against a team that's like that? You don't, you just, you, you just die. So the fact that Symmetra gets six turrets, I was able to play some of them. I mean, just hidden places and like, I knew where the other team was running in. Symmetra's good. I'll be playing with her more. She's crazy. I really thought the only person who had turrets was Tyrbeer. <laughs> no, uh, uh, Symmetra or Symmetra, however you pronounce it, she has them too. She has six. And then Bastion's the most OP turret of the... Dude, you just sit in a corner and hold down your left mouse. Like He's the next person I'm going to learn to play with because he, like Hanzo, also someone that wrecks me on the reg. Mm-hmm. Did you see on the Blizzard forums, though, people were complaining about Bastion... And blue posts were just straight up like, you should learn to counter them. Try playing Widowmaker or Hanzo. Or Reaper. You can teleport right behind him and three-shot him. You have a shotgun, for fuck's sakes. And there's counters to everybody, and that's the thing. That's what I love about the game. You're never down and at Beverly Hills. You have a chance to, to make it happen. And even playing with two of my friends, the other three people being randos, We've had good matches where you don't have to have a team of, of six to coordinate. No. Three of you can do damage. As long as the other people are running to the objective and at least fucking trying. And I think that's what I love about Blizzard the most. The fact that they're like, hey, I know they're kind of OP, but you can really counter them. Have you tried it? Well, it's true. I mean, they built these characters with the idea of everything has a counterpoint. They didn't make one character where it's like, oh... This character's unkillable by everything. It doesn't need... That just... Blizzard's never done that. It doesn't exist. I'm liking the game a lot, and I see myself playing it a lot more, and I know we mentioned price on the last podcast. I have had no problems that I spent $60 on that title. You know, it's interesting, because I looked up... Everyone's been playing it, and I really want to pick it up, and everyone's like, ah, just do it, just do it, just do it. And I can spend 60 bucks, but... I don't think I need all the extra stuff. It's really only $40 if I want to play. Right. Well, unless you you buy it for console, then it's the full system. I was about to say, okay, I I, I didn't have a $40 option. I only had a $60 option. Oh. On a PC, the $60 option, they give you a lot of extra stuff for Blizzard games, which you don't get on console. Uh, But on PC, I can buy a $40 option without all of the extra skins and without all of the extra options. And just the base game comes to me for 40 bucks. That's pretty weak, Blizzard. Why are you fucking over your console market? I, I know that together, PS4 and 1, we're going to sell more copies than the PC. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure we will. I well, doubt it. Yeah, to, to be fair, I mean, Blizzard has been established on PC forever. I Let's and look at the numbers. I, I'm going to promise that the Xbox One and the PS4 outsell the PC version. Uh, combined, maybe. I don't. That, that, I, number I one, I'm saying combined. So. Number two, money wise. Money wise, sure. If they're charging twenty dollars more a game, if anyone can buy it for forty dollars on the PC without the skins, here's, definitely. Here's the difference: can't pirate it on the console. It's very hard to pirate. Blizzard is very good about. They've already banned thousands of players for cheating. Which I think is fantastic. On that they're monitoring this so closely. They already said, if anyone cheats one time, we're not going to give you a warning. We're banning you on PC. Straight up. Console's the same. And I think that's a good thing. But it's, it's harder to cheat on the console, too. I mean, yeah, you have, to, you have to practically take apart your console and then add voltage and fucking jack in some extra stuff. People like, still do... Um, I can't remember the name of it. When you fuck with your router, lag switching. switching. Thank you. Uh, People still do that on console. I I I unfortunately still. Well, you run into that though, and like I ran into it on on Siege, on Rainbow Six. It's harder to do now because if you lag switch, you're the only one that's really going to uh, be at fault for that. Like the other people are going to move from your reticle area, and you're not going to hit them. Because the server's going to register you in full time, and you're just going to be fucked. So if you lag switch on certain games, 
it's not going to benefit you at all. Well, that's that's also a thing I like about Overwatch. Like, yes, there is a competitive aspect to it, but there is no ranked. So cheating really does be. not benefit you at all. At, at this point in the game, I mean, literally, you go into every game to have fun. Win or lose, you're still having fun. And there's not yet, hopefully I don't eat my own tongue here, but there's no pay to win. Everything is cosmetic. Every character plays the same. All the controls are the same. There's nothing that that makes that game overpowered to a certain person. Well, I mean, that's something they've said. They're going to off you all the characters, and you're not going to have to pay to win, but you're going to get a lot of extra skins and a lot of cosmetic things. And map packs, I'm sure, will be another thing they add in. Yeah, and I don't know if that's going to be paid or not. According to some people, it's going to be free. According to others, it's going to be uh, paid. So it kind of depends on where that goes. I'm not sure. Uh, but overall, they've said they're going to add in a competitive mode, and I think that's great. I'm a very competitive person. Even our streamer, Toma, said they have a third-party app that tracks your overall stats and ranks you against players who play Overwatch. Mm. And even though there's no ranked play... I would be paying so much attention to that because at heart, I want to be better than people. <laughs> I mean, that's we talked about it earlier. I, I will train you to be better than me so you can further me so I can be better than you again. Right. I like what they've done with the rankings, and we've talked about those on the last cast. It, uh, it does make it, when I lose, I'm not as pissed. When I have a bad game, I'm not as pissed. And when I have a great game... I am still able to see all of that and celebrate all of that. They didn't take anything away from anywhere. They just changed the what I'll call the Call of Duty model of ranking a shooter. They did it in a Blizzard way. They injected some much-needed fun into the genre, for crying out loud. Um, and you know what? If you need those stats... There's a hundred other fucking games you can go play. Go play them. Well, and you know what? It's always been that way. If you want to play competitively, Quake, for example, long before Call of Duty has had kill, death, and assist. If you're playing Team Arena, or if you're playing one-on-one, kill and death. And besides that, uh, I agree. If, if you don't want to see those and you just want to play, then play your regular matches. But, as soon but as you like, still get your own kill deaths. You still get per character. You still get your own chunky set of stats. Uh, and the reason I called it the Call of Duty model is Quake was not big on console at all. Like, not even close. Uh, in fact, it was terrible. It was it was god awful. I, I played it on console too. But again, Tanner and I have mostly played on PC. So, um, and when I play competitively, I played Quake three on PC. So, um, you know, that being said. I'm totally down for when they release a competitive model. I will be picking up Overwatch for 40 bucks on PC. So anyone who listens to plays on PC and not Xbox One with sleazy MFE, um, definitely add me and I'll play with you. Yeah, but if you want to have a good time, you can come play with me and Doug and Box on the Xbox. <laughs> Actually, with a lot of uh, a lot of people, they're cubed. They're all Xbox One players. I mean, at um, Geeks Gone Rogue are also Xbox One players. So, you know, we've, we've got kind of our own community. Maybe if the PC community weren't a bunch of toxic, salty assholes, more people would want to play with them. Maybe if you all stepped your game up and got good. Ah! <laughs> that was a pretty poor uh, retort, because I would say most of the really good gamers... Yeah, I mean, if you want to watch League of Legends, that's cool. That's that's really awesome. So is StarCraft, man. God, I want to watch that for 12 hours a fucking day. Nope. Yeah, no. But if you want to see competitive players, I mean, more than likely, they play PC. Uh, unless they're playing old-school arcade games. No, no. Or old-school arcade games. Games that really take skill to play. Not, you know, I, if I get beat by a Korean that plays the game 19 hours a day, I really don't give a fuck. But they play the game 19 hours a day. I mean, they deserve to beat you. Like, let's be fair. Yeah, they also deserve, you know, a bullet between their eyes. Jesus Christ, get out of your fucking house. I mean, when it comes down to it, certain people get paid to play. And if I got paid to play, I wouldn't be salty about it. But since I don't, I kind of agree with you. 
Yeah. There's, I mean, no offense to the PC community out there. And I'm not going to say the console community isn't as toxic, but there's a certain level of ire towards the traditional guy in his basement playing Warcraft 18 hours a day. I, I think it's great that he's playing video games, but there's, there's a sun out there too. I mean, you, you can, you can do both. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, original Xbox and Xbox 360, they were way more toxic, especially during call of duty. As you brought it up, uh, they were way more toxic than even PC was. And that's hard to believe because PC being one of the most expansive, um, consoles, uh, it has the most toxicity in it. I, I do agree with that. It's not that it's the most expansive console. It's the attitude of, I built this machine, and, you know, console is a level playing field, besides internet connection. Well, that and everybody's an internet warrior. If they can type it and not have to actually talk to somebody, it's a little different. Right. Right, and even Xbox has gotten away from you used to really be forced to interact and listen to people, and now you don't anymore. You but don't have to at all. You you are in a party with your, your buddies. That's taken tons of the frustration out of it for me. And there's certain games, though, that require that interaction with people that you don't know, unless you know a lot of people who play the same games and all at the same times. And that's kind of hard to get all at once. You guys played Doom? I have not. I have not as well. Okay, just wondered what you thought. Nope. I have no opinion on it. Uh, Toma finally got it to run, so I don't think he's going to be streaming it, though, because he's hooked on Overwatch. Um, (laughs) There were some, some issues with it as far as frame rates. He had a lot of issues with it. It really, it looks good. On the one, I'm not used to a Doom game where I have to think about uh, platforming. Yeah, I heard it's I heard it's a lot like the original Dooms, but updated graphics. But I'm kind of surprised to hear there's some platforming aspects. It kind of correct me if I'm wrong. Me. I don't remember having to jump up stuff, or like I, I remember the boards all being very flat. I think there was maybe one or two sets of stairs. Where you no, the stairs, around, that's it. definitely. But if I show you what I'm talking about, like you're jumping across things and you're having to find things that are up crates. And I remember the original Doom games, all of the Doom games, being very much in a room that you're shooting. Very flat. And I agree with that, but I like them. So I want to play this new Doom. Maybe I'll pick it up on your console. Um, let me know. I have it. All right, I'm down to play it. Uh, we ready to wrap? Okay. Or are you just going to sit there and, and touch your dick for the rest of the episode? I really have to take a piss, so please have fun wrapping, Tanner. It was great having you on. I Appreciate can't even it. hear myself right now. Uh, I'm going to go take a piss. You sound Peace terrible. Y'all. You sound terrible. Tanner, anything anything else you're playing right now? Anything you want to go through before I uh, I kind of I put a bow on this tonight? Well, I mean, I did want to talk about Diablo a little bit. Uh, they, I don't know if you've been following that at all, but uh, they put out some The guy that news. you want to talk to about that just left to take a piss. <laughs> well, hopefully he's a fast pisser. We'll see. I, Tyler doesn't do anything fast. <laughs> <laughs> so I found out today when he said he'd be there in a minute, and it took him 30 minutes to show up. That's, see, now you know how Tyler time works. <laughs> well... Aside from Diablo, man, not really. I've just kind of been stuck in the Blizzard world for the last couple years. Well, you're going to be out of the Blizzard world because you and I are going to play some Grand Theft Auto together. I'm down. If you haven't added me already uh, on the Xbox, my gamertag, of course, is SleazyMFE. Uh, you can find me there. Uh, and that, that goes for anyone listening to us right now. Well, thank you for coming by. I, I met you like two weeks ago at one of our events and uh, you made such a good impression on me that I wanted to have you over to talk video games. So I appreciate that. And I hope that it's not the last time that we have you over to do that. Well, I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm hoping that... Well, hey, you're taking my on, place so. this week. You, you, you got big shoes to fill, buddy, because you're going to be Tyler's partner <laughs> to commentate. 
And honestly, that's the only way to do it properly. You know a lot about the game. Tyler knows a lot about the game. I know nothing about the game. So I'm going to be running the bracket. I'm going to be talking to everyone else that comes out and really uh, really having a good time. I'm also going to be celebrating that day uh, a work-related victory. But no, thank you for coming uh, coming by the Big Cave tonight. I've had a lot of fun talking about, uh, about games with you. So our fireside is this week. Uh, this episode will probably go up uh, that day. Uh, fireside is down at um, Fox and Hound. Fox and Hound. Uh, anyone that came out last time, you know where it's at. It's going to be really awesome. Across the table from me, our guest tonight, Tanner, a.k.a. Shiftzilla. To my right, not even probably here because he's taking a piss. Tyler, run TRG Glaze. I'm right I'm, here. Yeah, finally. <laughs> I can't believe you made it through the episode. I had to wait that whole time, and I really wanted to throw down on some Diablo. But you know what? We're running out of time, so thank you for your... Are we running out of time? <laughs> I mean, we're never running out of time, let's be honest. Okay. But, uh... To my right, still talking, run to your G. I am Eric G. Hollis, and we are out.